Our sermon today comes from Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 to 9. Let's read the text together. The Word of God reads, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the journey that you've brought us through this book of Colossians. We celebrate everything that you've been sharing with us and your love for us. And Father, even as we hit this last section, God, we know that there is a purpose for you sharing this word with us during the times that we're in now. And so, God, as we're all in lockdown together, Father, we pray that your word will be our treasure. And Father, that you'll you'll speak your truth and your love to us with it. And not only will you comfort us through it, but Father, we ask that you equip us with your word, that we might live out our faith for you and for your glory during this time. We thank you, God, so much for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it's been an amazing journey, hasn't it, through the book of Colossians. It took me seven months to get through three chapters. I mean, I think that has to be a new record for me, an all-time slow, not an all-time low, anyway. Um, but it's been pretty amazing, hasn't it? I hope, if anything, it's teaching you that there is such depth and such beauty and such wisdom in every verse of Scripture if you simply meditate upon it. And the way God has spoken to us has been absolutely amazing, hasn't it? It's just wonderful. And you know, we're entering into this last section of Colossians. And in a lot of our Bibles, this last section is entitled Final Greetings. And it's true, it's a final greetings. You know, Paul basically says, you know, hello. He acknowledges a few people and then he gives some final instructions. And even in our verses today, Paul's basically saying, if I were to sum it up, he's basically saying, I'm sending these two guys uh, with this letter if you have any questions about me or my ministry, just ask them. That's the whole thing. That's what these verses are saying. And so the question is, can you really get a sermon out of that? And, you know, if I'm very honest with you, as I approached the passage this week, that's what I kind of thought too. But once again, as I studied it and I just studied what God might be saying, not only did I realize there was a sermon, but I discovered that there was a sermon that's absolutely appropriate for the difficult times that we're going through right now. And so, you know, I prepared this message specifically for people in lockdown. You know, when you're not in lockdown, it's so easy to apply the message in so many different ways. But when you're stuck at home and you can't see anybody, it's a little bit difficult to apply messages in the exact same way. And so I kind of thought about people in lockdown, with people in lockdown in mind when I prepared this message, because life is not normal for all of us. You know, we don't see anybody, we don't interact with anybody, we can be online, but if you're like me, that's getting old too. You know, we sit in front of a screen all day, either doing work or trying to get entertained or maybe connecting with people face to face. Um, it's different, you know, and, you know, we're just trying to, our whole approach to every single day is absolutely different than what it was pre-lockdown. And it's changing what we value. It's changing what we enjoy. It's even changing how we live out our faith. And so, you know, all to say lockdown is a totally different animal. And I really believe that preparing messages for people in lockdown is a little bit different. It's a different context. And so I hope that through this particular message, it not only helps you, but it helps you grow and flourish during this difficult time. 
I, um, I entitled my message Spiritual Partnership, and I think there's no greater time than now. Not only to have spiritual partners, but especially and more importantly, to be a spiritual partner. And so I have three points that I want to share with you that's going to help you become a true spiritual partner to others. And the first one is absolutely foundational. Here's the first point. The first point is this. To be a Christian means that you're part of a team. To be a Christian means that you're part of a team. I usually have a verse that I, I share this from, but um, this point comes from the rest of chapter 4. If you read the rest of chapter 4, Paul um, points out or he mentions 11 people that are currently helping him in his ministry. What is that saying? It's saying that there's no way that Paul could have accomplished all that he did and become who he was if it wasn't for all those 11 people. And those are the people that the Colossian church knew. How many people were there that, that helped Paul that the Colossian church didn't know? There were probably many. And you know what that tells me? It tells me that there's no way that we could be faithful Christians without a team. You know, and if you're a Christian, you're a part of a team. And in order for us as a church and as Christians to grow and to flourish, it takes the contribution of each member to guarantee the success of that team. You know, I think the most difficult part of the lockdown, it is for me, is, is being alone, isn't it? I know some of us, we live at home with our family members, so there are people physically around us. And I know that we're all connected to the internet and we're connected to virtually everybody uh, in the world. But you can still feel alone, can't you? You know, that, that sense of loneliness is real. And I think what this lockdown is revealing to many of us is that it's just not enough to have acquaintances or people that call us their friends. I think what we need and what we're discovering that we really need, and maybe what we've been looking for our whole lives, except for the fact that we've probably been so distracted with internet, with, with our lives, what we really need are true partners, you know, true spiritual partners, people that will care for each other, stick by each other, sacrifice for each other, and empower each other so that we can be faithful to Christ. Don't we all need that? We do. And believe it or not, that's why the church exists. You know, church is a place where the worship of God takes place. And many times we think that the church is either a place or a sanctuary. Maybe it's a building or maybe it's a meeting, but it's not any of those. In reality, the church is a network of believers, isn't it? Or a team of believers, if I can say it that way. And their function is to help each other live lives of worship. Yes, the church needs pastors. The church needs CG leaders. The church needs uh, children's ministries. All those things are important. Those people are important and they're great. But you know what the church needs most? The church, What the church needs most are people who are committed to each other to live, to help each other live lives of worship. And that means you. If you get that, then your membership to the church can never be passive. Players on a team can never be spectators. We're all called to be active carers, active supporters, active empowerers, active challengers, so that others can be faithful to Christ. You know, if I can say it this way, especially during times like these, in the church of God, you are an essential worker. Right, You know, when the going gets tough, like times are right now, I think that's when essential workers really need to step up their game. You know, when you look at the outside world, 
you know, what's an essential worker? You know, when you look at the outside world, well, everyone is concerned with themselves and about themselves. Essential workers get up and they put on their PPP and they engage the challenge, don't they? Why do they do that? They do that so that people can live. And for some, like doctors and those who work, I mean, they literally do it so that people can live and and survive. You know, and if we, I think in the same way, if we want the people of God to flourish and grow and to live, if we want, if we want people to live lives of worship, then each one of us must stop being concerned with only ourselves. And we need to start engaging the challenge so that other people can live. Can you imagine if every one of us adopted that mindset and started operating as an essential worker on the FLM team, if I can say it that way? I mean, would people in our church grow and flourish in our faith if everyone did that? I totally believe it. Of course they would. But it takes the contribution of each member to guarantee the success of the team. We need you. In other words, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. You guys, you guys like that, that sports slogan? <laughs> you know, but I don't think there's any better time to apply that slogan than right now in the church. And this passage proves it. Paul, there's no way Paul could have ever been successful in his mission or in his ministry without those 11 guys. And in the same way, there's no way that we as a team, as a church can grow and flourish during this lockdown unless we're committed to each other and to our church together. And so can I ask you to be committed? If I, I want to give you two practical ways you can do that. Number one, become an essential worker right, for our church. Change the way you think about your membership to FLM. Don't sit there expecting people to call you to care for you. Don't sit there complaining that nobody cares for you, but care for others. Let's take steps in the initiative to care for others in the same way that you might want them to care for you, right? And I know some of you might be saying, especially I know a lot of our, maybe our leaders might feel like this, but Eddie, that's what I've been doing already, you know, I've been doing that this whole past year. I've been trying to take care of others and serve others. But quite honestly, Eddie, I don't feel like people are doing that for me. I don't feel loved in the exact same way. And if that's if that's you've been your experience so far, I'm really sorry. I really am. I'm sorry that you haven't experienced that. Um, but as long as I'm the pastor here at FLM, I will do my best to make sure things change because we want everyone to be taken care of. That's what the church is about. And that's why I'm here to make the church go in that direction. So please be patient with us as we continue to work hard to move in that direction. But, can I, but with that said, can I also said this? The reality is none of us can be fully loved in the way that we want to be by another human being. Just ask any spouse you know, who made these vows to each other. They're not fully, fully satisfied. Because we, none of us were created for that. We were created to be filled and fulfilled completely by the fullness of Christ alone, right? You were created for that so that we'd never have to expect anything from anyone else. And so that we can give ourselves to love each other just like Christ did for us. So can I ask you, if you're feeling like that, turn to Christ. You know, get what you need. Be, be loved and adored by Christ because he does. He loves you. He cares for you. He's so passionate about you. Be loved by God and be filled by his fullness so that you can be an amazing, 
life-giving member of our church team. So please become an essential worker for our church. Everyone needs that from each other. Secondly, where do I start? You know, once again, can I ask you to start with your CG? Um, maybe start with your small group. It's too much to ask for you to try to love a lot of people, but you can love 10. And hopefully by now in your CG, you guys are hopefully becoming good friends and gelling together. Hopefully the walls have been broken down, you know, and you guys feel very comfortable with one another. So maybe now it's time to double down on your commitment, not only to your CG, but so that you can now serve your CG. You can now be a blessing to your CG. Maybe up until now, you've just been a passive recipient. Maybe it's now time to become a giver. So this is how you can do that. Spend your day strategizing. How can I encourage? How can I challenge? How can I support? How can I love and pray for each member of my CG? You know, that'd be great if you spend a portion of your day doing just that. I was talking with a CG leader this past week and he was sharing with me this new strategy that he has so that each member of his CG can now be loved and cared for by everybody else on different days. And I just thought that was absolutely awesome. He's reconstructing you know, the way they care for each other because we realize the situation that we're in. And what he realizes, just like we need to realize now, is that we were all saved to be life givers. So let's help our CG members. Let's give life to each other. And let's not forget our CG leaders as well. When was the last time you reached out to your CG leader, you loved them, and you helped them become a worshiper? Let's reach out to our members. Let's reach out to our leaders together. You know, all of us as Christians, we were saved to be part of this team. And it really does take teamwork to make the dream work. And so let's love and let's serve our team together. Uh, our second point is this. Be a devoted partner. Be a devoted partner. Colossians 4 verses 7 to 8 says this. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. You know, there's no one else in scripture that is praised like Tychicus in this verse. There's no, there's no other description like this. It's absolutely amazing. It first says that he's a dear brother, which means that he was loved not only by Paul, but by the whole church. Isn't that amazing? That's a huge statement. How many people do you know that's loved by the whole church. I don't think I've ever been loved by the whole church. You know, anyway, you know, but here's the question. Why was he so deeply loved? Well, if you look in the history books, the history books tell us that he lived each one of his days. He lived his days serving and caring more for others than himself. Isn't that an amazing legacy? That's an amazing spiritual legacy. You know, if I die one day or when I die one day, and if if the only thing people say about me was that, wow, there goes Eddie Bang. He literally lived his whole life loving others and caring for others more than himself. That's an amazing life. You know, I would have lived an amazing life. If people said that about you after the lockdown, that'd be an amazing testimony. And I'd be the proudest pastor if I heard stories of that, of you guys. You know, so... Become 
a dear member by caring for each other. Tychicus is also described as being a faithful minister. And the word faithful is this combination of the words dependable and available. And you have to realize why Paul describes him as a faithful minister. It's because Tychicus partnered with Paul, not only in all the gospel campaigns that planted churches all throughout Asia, but Tychicus also suffered alongside Paul throughout all the persecutions that Paul went through. Let's read about some of those in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 27. Paul writes, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent the night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country. In danger at sea, in danger from false believers, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Tychicus was right there next to Paul through all of Paul's sufferings. He was shipwrecked with Paul. He was in danger with Paul. He was sleepless with Paul. He was starving with Paul. And so here's the question that I want to ask you. If someone was not only willing to suffer all those things alongside you, but actually did suffer all of those things alongside you throughout your life. How valuable would that person be to you? Priceless, right? Would you call that guy a good friend? No, you wouldn't. He is the best of the best of your friends. You know what I'm saying? He's the best of the best. That's who Tychicus was. And here's what's amazing about that. When you read the history books, there is never one sermon that Tychicus ever preached. He never preached. He never taught. He never did any type of ministry in the classic sense. Yet, the Apostle Paul writes that he was a faithful minister. But isn't that so appropriate? Because there's no way that Paul could have done everything that he's done. There's no way that Paul could have become everything that he became if it wasn't for Tychicus in his life. Tychicus was his emotional support. He was his physical support, his spiritual support, his prayer support, his like servant in every sense of the word. No matter what Paul went through, Tychicus was always there and he was always there serving Paul. He chose to care more for Paul's needs than even his own, even while they were going through suffering. The best word I can think that sums that all up is the word devoted. Tychicus was devoted to Paul through thick and thin. You know, in these difficult times, I think what we need most are devoted partners. People are willing to go through all the highs with us. People are willing to go through all the lows with us. And maybe during these times, even the lowers with us. But a devoted partner is not just someone who suffers with us. It's someone who, in the midst of mutual suffering, chooses to serve others first. It's someone who thinks about how they can strengthen, inspire, care for, and serve the needs of other believers before their own so that those believers can stay faithful to God. Right? We need devoted partners. 
today. I don't know why, whenever, when I think about this concept of devoted partner, the first thing that comes to mind is the Lord of the Rings. You know, there, if you've ever, if you've ever read that uh, book series, that book trilogy, or if you ever see the movie trilogy, the Lord of the Rings, there's this one character named Sam, and Sam is the guy that I'm thinking about. There's a character named Sam, if you haven't seen it, and not only is he the gardener, but he's the best friend of a guy named Frodo. Frodo has been tasked to save Middle-earth by traveling across Middle-earth to destroy a ring. Okay, that's the story. And Sam, his only instruction is to stay by Frodo's side. Never leave Frodo's side. And if you watch this movie, he never does. But by the end of the movie, what Sam realizes is that his role isn't just to stay close to Frodo, but his true role is to do all that he can to make sure that Frodo finishes the mission. And sure enough, right at the end of the movie, there's a, there's a scene where Frodo is just is totally spent. You know, he can't go on. And so in this classic, beautiful scene, Sam throws Frodo over his shoulder and literally carries him to the finish line. You know, when I think about devoted partners in the church, that's who I imagine all of us to be. You know, I know a lot of, we all go to church. We all have friends at church. But do you, do you see your friends? Do you see your fellow CG members as people that you are called to help get to the finish line? You need to. Why? So that you can be that person's Tychicus. So that you can be that person's Sam. You're not there in that CG just to go through tough times with them. We're not here together just to go through tough times together. No, we're here together to help each other get to the finish line faithfully. You exist to help your CG members, your close friends at church get to the finish line faithfully. That is your true role. And that's who the church needs to be. That's who the church needs today. And that's who you need to be today. So can you think of someone in your life that you can be a Tychicus to? Will you spend some part of every day thinking about how you can support them, how you can care for them, how you can challenge them, how you can carry them if they need it during this time? How are you going to pray for them? How are you going to build them and encourage them so that they can live out their calling faithfully during these challenging times? Don't just be a churchgoer. Be a devoted partner to someone starting from today. Lastly, number three, live out the gospel to each other. Verse nine, he is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. You know, Onesimus was a slave. And once again, back then, you know, slaves weren't considered as human beings. They were considered as property. Yet Paul calls this slave a faithful and dear brother, which means that because of Jesus, this person who was not valued by anybody in this world has become completely valuable in the eyes of God. And the reason why Onesimus is mentioned here in this letter is to prove to the Colossian believers that somebody who lives out the gospel to others will eternally impact them. Okay, You see, Onesimus, he was a slave, but he wasn't just a slave. He was actually a thief and a runaway slave. He stole from his master and he ran away from his master, Philemon. That's where the book of Philemon comes from. And the penalty for a runaway slave was actually death. 
But after becoming a Christian, Onesimus feels convicted and convinced that the best way he can honor God with his new life in Christ is to seek reconciliation with Philemon. So he decides to go back to his master, knowing full well that he might be put to death. Isn't that amazing? I mean, how many of us would literally choose death so that we could be faithful to God and live out the gospel? Probably, maybe not a lot of us, maybe all of us, I don't know. But he does. And because of that, Philemon and these Colossian believers and the Christian church today was impacted powerfully. We're still talking about a slave 2,000 years later because he lived out the gospel. What does that say? It says that when we choose to live out the gospel and model the gospel to others in our lives today, not only does it change lives, but it impacts the church. So the question is, Eddie, how do you live out the gospel? What does it mean to live out the gospel? And it's very simple. Love God with all that you have, and then love others as you would love yourself. It's that simple. Does that mean that we have to do something extraordinary to love people who are going through lockdown? Does it mean that we have to do something elaborate for people who are going through lockdown? No, it doesn't. It just means that when we put our daily, ordinary obedience in the hands of God, in the hands of our Master, He will use our ordinary, daily obedience in beautiful ways to bless others and to change others eternally for His glory. I read a story this week about a violin, an auction. And it's this tattered, old, dusty, dirty violin with all the strings that have been loosened. It was going up for auction at an auction. And the auctioneer was saying, okay, $3 going once, $3 going twice. When all of a sudden this old man who uh, was the person that created the violin, he goes up. He cleans off the violin and he tightens all the strings and then all of a sudden begins playing this beautiful melody that just resonated throughout the whole room. And everyone not only was shocked, but they were touched. That violin sold for over $3,000 that day. What's the whole point? God makes beautiful music out of ordinary instruments like us. You know, what does that mean? It means that we don't have to stress about trying to do extraordinary things for God or for each other. All God needs is you, who he's made you to be. And he's going to take your ordinary obedience with the gifts that he's already given you and the talents and the things that are already around you. And he's going to take those ordinary things and do extraordinary eternal things through it. I was talking with someone this week who actually received a letter you know, from another person from our church. And uh, she was just sharing how completely unexpected it was. Not only the letter, but what was really unexpected was how that letter made her feel. You know, she felt so blessed and she felt so joyful, not only by the gesture, but by the words. She said, for some reason, those handwritten words became so personal and so powerful to her as she read them and it impacted her heart so much that now she's on this passionate campaign to try and bless others. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? It created this chain of blessings. And I just thought that was absolutely wonderful. But here's the question. Here's the reason why I'm sharing that. Did it take any money, you know, to do that? Hardly any. It didn't take a lot of money. It was like a dollar ten. I don't know, for the stamp or whatever. I mean, it's hardly anything. Did it take a lot of talent or creativity to do that? No. 
It didn't. All it took was a heart that wanted to love others and to bless others with what they've been given. Ordinary faithfulness producing eternal fruit. You know, all of us have that power. All of us have the power to bless and to impact others when we choose to do even the little things for God. In his hands, ordinary offerings produce eternal fruit. So the challenge then is not to do something great, but the challenge is just to do something. So can I just ask you to start moving, you know, start moving and allow God's hand to eternally touch people's hearts through your ordinary acts of love. Start living out the gospel to others. You know, if you're a Christian, you're a part of a team. And if you're going to be a part of a team, be a devoted member. How? By living out the gospel to each other. We do that. And I think we'll be able to not only navigate this lockdown together, but we'll grow and flourish during this lockdown together. You know, when I first became a youth pastor many years ago, I used to ask this all the time. And I used to even pray this. I'd be like, God, you know, or I used to pray, man, if we do church right, I used to think, or I used to ask, I wonder how many Pauls are going to come out of this youth ministry. That's what I used to think and ask. I thought that was like the best thing. But now after 25 years of ministry, the way I think and the things that I pray for, this is how it is. I think, wow, how can I do church in a way that produces a whole team of Tychicuses? That's the way I think, you know? It sounds bad, but I don't know if I want to go to a church filled with all Pauls. You know, sorry if your name is Paul, I don't, but you know what I mean. But I would love to go to a church filled with Tychicuses. Wouldn't you? You think that's a dream? Maybe it is. But it takes teamwork to make the dream work, you know? So let's make that dream work. Be devoted to FLM. Be devoted to your CG. Be a devoted partner. And let's do that by living out the gospel and loving each other the way God loves us. Let's pray. I want us to pray for four things together today. You know, we won't pray long for each one, but I really believe that these are things that we need to pray for. The first is this. I know a lot of us are struggling You know, in the past four weeks, we've tried to be satisfied by everything in this world and we're discovering that it's failing. So can I just say this? Return to God. You know, you were created to be satisfied in Christ alone. So let's just give Christ everything and run after Jesus during the lockdown. Let's repent for living for other things, trying to find satisfaction in other things. And let's just recommit ourselves to Christ alone. He loves you. He forgives you. He cares for you so much. Let's find our joy and our satisfaction in Him alone. Let's pray. Let's return to Jesus together.